Hello, I'm Sarah Simmy and this is Pull Out. Uh, today we've got OK and High magazine. Uh, this one is, I think it's another 1976. It is, yep, yeah, 1976, October the 23rd and still 10p, so that's good. Um, I have to say there was a reason why I chose this one because it's all about Starsky and Hutch inside. Um, I was a big fan of Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> So I chose it specifically because of Starsky and Hutt. I can't wait to get in there. Anyway, um, but the inside uh, front cover is for Wella Care. It's a lovely advert for hair care. Um, the other thing that really struck me it, uh, is how small the product is on the page. There's so much copy and hardly any actual product shot. Anyway, um, Yes, just something that I noticed. Uh, so this is, so they've got for dry hair, for normal hair and for greasy hair, we use a special essence of lemon, which has the gentle astringency to cope with the hair's excess oil. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Good. Oh, and if you have any hair care problems, you can write to Annabelle Scott, very specific, Weller Hair Care Centre, Amazing Stone Hats. Good. Feel free to write in. So straight into Hotline, which is the uh, gossip page. Always fun. Gossip, very loose <laughs> description. But anyway, uh, this is about Bjorn Borg, <laughs> who was obviously very big in the um, 70s. This little bit is um, Bjorn backs a winner. There's a nice picture of him with his headband on. It says, tennis superstar Bjorn Borg has his eye on another sport. He's, what I love about this is the accuracy of the amount. He's spent £2,572 on a racehorse, which he hopes to race in Scandinavia. We're sure he's bound to raise the stakes. That's it. That's all there is of that. They really made that up, didn't they? 2572 Anyway. Uh, the next one is, we want to wear trousers. <laughs> we want to wear the trousers. We think more bosses should allow their girls to wear trousers to work. <laughs> oh, dear God. Some police forces have just taken a step in the right direction by allowing their girls to wear trousers as part of the uniform. Bet the girls are pleased they can cover up those sensible flat lace-ups that they have to wear. Because <laughs> otherwise, presumably, you would have been wearing high heels as a <laughs> police officer. Um, and when it comes to arresting a criminal, they can now leap into action <laughs> without worrying whether their petticoats are on show. It's, a, it's nice to cover up a bit of leg instead of showing a bit of leg. Oh, my God. Worrying about with your petticoats are on show while arresting someone. I don't think female police officers have that problem nowadays. That's good. So we're on to my, one of my favourites, the fancy that section, which is where fellas get the chance to talk about you. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Michael Etherington. He's got a lovely moustache, a bit of a 70s hairdo and a lovely moustache. So let's find out all about Michael. 
Our luscious male, I'm using the word luscious, no. our luscious male this week is Michael Etherington from Cornwall, who we bumped into when he came to fix our burglar alarm. <laughs> Didn't go far to research him then. Michael's 20 and works as an alarm engineer. Yeah. And when he isn't wearing dazzling sunglasses, don't know why he has to wear dazzling sunglasses to fit alarms. That's not that's not so. Which are part of his notable features, he has big brown eyes. When he eventually finished fiddling with our alarm system, <laughs> I hope that's not a euphemism, we asked what his hobbies were. Well, I generally partake in anything and everything, he smiled. But I suppose, basically, I enjoy sport and visiting historical places. You see, I'm very adventurous and I like my girlfriends to be the same, as well as intelligent. Michael seemed a fairly fussy fella to us. Yeah, he is. But there's nothing wrong in that, is there? He seemed to have very definite views on girls, which obviously shows he's been studying us for a long time. That sounds rather creepy. I like seeing girls dressed fashionably, although they've got to look smart too, as I enjoy dressing up. I suppose it's because I wear jeans all week for work. So when I go out, I, look to, <laughs> I like to look smart in a jacket and trousers. One thing I always notice if I'm lady spotting in the street... <laughs> Lady spotting in the street. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I started thinking of ladybirds then. Anyway, no. Um, one thing I notice if I'm lady spotting in the street are features of her face. It's the first impression, really, isn't it? But as soon as some of them open their mouths, I'm off. I just can't stand girls who speak badly. <laughs> Same goes for girls who are domineering or soppy. That's covering quite a lot of ground, Michael. I can't stand... Oh, here we go. Another one. I can't stand girls who smoke either. Right? I don't mind girls... Oh, all right. I don't mind girls chewing gum, but smoking is definitely out. Michael's very specific. Also, I can't stand the smell of nail varnish or hairsprays. <laughs> That really gets in my throat. It just seems to linger for ages. It's revolting. I'm beginning to think Michael doesn't like girls very much. <laughs> just putting it out there. Another thing I don't like is girls asking fellas out. I think <laughs> I think it lowers a girl. Oh, say it like it is, Michael. I suppose I'm a bit old-fashioned. Yeah, I go for that. But I think they should show pride and respect and not follow after fellas. Well, that's strong talk for sure. And how does marriage figure with Michael? I'm not even going to bother to consider that. <laughs> I've plenty of time to think about marriage, but right now I'm enjoying my freedom. I suppose if I had to think of what kind of wife I would like, I really am beginning to think Michael doesn't want a wife. Um, if I really had to, <laughs> um, to choose a wife, she'd have to be a sensible social person, neat and tidy and good around the house. Career-wise, I think girls should be independent, but obviously it's not so good if you want a wife and family and all she wants is a career and a husband. <laughs> what about dates? <laughs> Who does he think should pay? I'll always pay at first, but it's nice for a girl to offer. Just the fact that she'd offered would be enough, though. I wouldn't expect her to pay. 
Michael did admit that he's difficult to get on with. Yeah, I'd say so. Because <laughs> he's got so many different ways. So how's about a final comment on girls? I can't stand it if girls get emotional. <laughs> I think Michael would be much happier with an unemotional man. Just saying. <laughs> I can't stand it if girls get emotional. It depends what it's about and how well I know her. But if she's standing there getting all torn up about me or another fella, I'd just walk off and leave her to it. Admittedly, oh, if I knew the girl well enough, I'd stick with her. But I can't stand all the tears. <laughs> that might seem harsh, but we couldn't imagine Michael ever making a girl cry in the first place. <laughs> I think I've heard enough from Michael Etherington for the day. So we're on to what I specifically pulled out um, from the magazine, which is the Starsky and Hutch feature. <laughs> because I was an enormous fan of Starsky and Hutch. Here they are in all their glory. There's a fantastic picture of um, Paul Michael Glazer, who obviously uh, played Starsky with. <laughs> With a lovely, very heavy moustache, <laughs> which couldn't be a more 70s moustache if you tried. I'm enjoying that particularly. It's quite a dull interview. I won't particularly read anything out. It's quite dull. Um, but I just particularly enjoyed seeing the pictures of them. Um, <laughs> it says, Paul Michael Glazer, despite his tough, heavy appearance which gives the impression he'd walk through a door to shake your hand instead of around it i don't really understand that is <laughs> is a really sensitive guy underneath but a determined one i knew i wanted to be an actor from the day i could talk paul said seriously <laughs> it was all i could think about i was a movie freak at five and by the age of 11 i thought i was marlon brando he chuckled <laughs> Oh, I did enjoy seeing the picture of Michael Glazer, lovely Starsky with his big moustache. This is um, a lovely advert for the gear seller. This is, um, oh, it's just fab. That's CNA. My husband um, used to say that CNA stood for something very rude. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> what he used to call it. Anyway, um, again, it's such a fab ad and such fab um, illustration, but no photography whatsoever for fashion. Very strange. Um, on the next page, there's an ad. Um, was your fella worth catching? I think we should find out. <laughs> Number one is no one goes out with a boy just because of his looks. But looking like the back end of a bus is no asset. <laughs> Which of the fellow following is your fella? Is he A, fantastically good-looking, B, good-looking in an interesting sort of way, C, not exactly good-looking, but he has a fantastic personality, or D, dead ugly? <laughs> Say it like it is. Uh, number three, which of the following types of men has the nearest sort of personality, which you honestly say... To your boyfriend, I've read ahead. One of them made me laugh so much. A. Columbo. <laughs> B. Benny Hill. <laughs> Who would compare their boyfriend to Benny Hill? C. Starsky. Well, let's hope it's that. 
Or D, Rod Stewart. <laughs> I can't get over comparing a boyfriend to Benny Hill. <laughs> um, number five, what do your friends think about your fella? They think of him as a brother. Hmm, that's a bit weird. B, quite a few of them fancy him. C, you haven't introduced him to your to your mates. Or D, they think he's all right. Number six, why did you agree to go out with him in the first place? A, you'd fancied him for ages and worked hard to get a date with him. B, because he's got such a terrific personality. C, he asked you when you were at a loose end. D, you met on a blind date and he's hung around ever since. <laughs> Number nine, give him points out of ten for the following things. A, looks. B, personality. C, sex appeal. <laughs> D, dress sense. E, kindness and consideration. Aww. <laughs> Number 10, finally. If your relationship with him ended, would you A, cry for a week? B, cry for a month? C, shrug your shoulders and find someone else? Or D, be glad? <laughs> I don't think you should be going out with him. Um, if you got th over 32 points oh no 32 points or under the um the answer is oh dear desperate were you <laughs> never mind even if you can't say much else about him it's useful to have a handy mail around when you need one <gasps> even if you do have to pass him off as your long lost country cousin <laughs> that's a bit weird we're on to the you're a star page which is the letters page um which also has the swap shop <laughs> which i always like one of the swap shops is i've got some black shoes with four inch heels and one inch platforms they're slip-ons and cost me 6.99 and they have hardly been worn they're a size six to six and a half and are in vgc very good condition. I'd like a pair of denim, a pair of blue denim or cord baggies, size 12 or 14 in the same condition. Please write <laughs> to Louise Jones, Smugglers Hotel, 4th Street, Newland, Penzance, Cornwall. <laughs> We've got her full information there. I'm assuming she doesn't still live there, so I think we're safe. Um, what else is on Swatch Shop? I'd ah, oh, this is such a sign of the seventies. I would like to swap a green check cheesecloth top, bust thirty two, and white lace blouse, bust thirty to thirty two, for anything worth about the same. Both items are in VGC. I've just outgrown them. Please write Diane Jarvis, thirty one New Village Road, <laughs> Cotlingham, New Humberside. Oh dear, this is when people didn't mind giving out their full details in a magazine. <laughs> and what's the last one on here? Please, if anyone has Maggie May by Rod Stewart, I will buy it for up to 30 to 50 pence. <laughs> uh, but after, yeah, this is like very early eBay. I only bid up to 50 pence. Actually, that's quite a lot. She was obviously a big Rod Stewart fan. 
Uh, also on this page is, and I really remember this. I used to read it all the time when I had uh, my magazines. It's an ad for um, to learn shorthand because obviously that was the only thing girls were going to ever do is to learn shorthand. Um, so, <laughs> so if you could read the message above. So basically the message says, if you can read this message, you can become a secretary and get a good job. And obviously they've written it in a way so that everyone can read that. And then you think you can become a secretary. Um, <laughs> it's, I love the pictures that are on there. of <laughs> a rather, rather um, strict looking lady asking, can you read the message above? <laughs> so yes, it's, it's speed writing shorthand in eight weeks. There's... <laughs> Just uh, within the book, it's a very long and very dull advert, but within it, it says, um, in as little as eight weeks, you can turn your ABC into shorthand by learning modern speed writing at home. There, This is no idle boast. In every office I visit, I see those who could be secretaries and don't even realise it. They may sit at the reception desk, operate the switchboard, type invoices, or just do the dog's body work. But they are alert and intelligent, but bored. Because <gasps> obviously they were the only jobs given to women. They begin to think all office work is underpaid and dull. It isn't. <laughs> Modern business is exciting and challenging. They could be earning pounds more as personal as personal assistants or private secretaries to rising executives. The executives are men. Just so you know, there'll be no women there. What's holding them back? They haven't qualified in shorthand. <laughs> oh dear. So if you write, yeah, if you learn shorthand, there's a picture of <laughs> of Mrs. P, <laughs> Mrs. P. Kiddick, Kaddick, who has now done the course. And she says, my company is completely satisfied and full of praiseworthy comments for this method of shorthand. She now earns £260 a year. <laughs> um, this other lady <laughs> that's given a review. I feel sure that many people will benefit, as I have, from a home study course in speed writing. That's Patricia Batt from Stockport. <laughs> she gradu graduated from a dict typist to secretary to the export manager. Wow. There we are. That was your only career option in the 70s, girls. <laughs> this is a lovely article entitled I Chucked My Boyfriend for Brian Ferry. <laughs> it was highlighted actually on the front cover. Not just Brian Ferry. These are interviews with various different girls <laughs> who chucked their boyfriends because they had um, crushes on particular famous people. <laughs> Including Mark Bolan, Brian Ferry, and um, Paul McCartney. But I'm going to read out the one which is about a girl who became obsessed with Elton John, as you would. Someone else who's been well rewarded for her devotion to seven is a 17-year-old Stephanie Evans. She's a big Elton John fan. I first saw Elton when he played in a charity match. I was really knocked out by how warm, friendly and funny he was, says Stephanie. 
I began trying to see more and more of him and started taking days off school. It was through this that I met a couple of other hardcore, fan, hardcore fans, Linda and Marie, and we hung around together for a couple of years. We used to spend a lot of time and money trying to see Elton as often as possible and buying him presents. <laughs> this is so sweet. One time we bought him a very expensive blue v-necked jumper with a bear on the front. Very specific. <laughs> and then Stephanie's devotion is catching though. That didn't make sense. And now Stephanie's devotion devotion is catching. Now her mum likes Elton, has joined his fan club and plays his records all the time. Oh, it's very sweet. Uh, yeah, this is just people. <laughs> uh, Chrissy from Birmingham started her love for Roxy music in a much odder way. When I first saw Brian Ferry on TV, I thought, what a strange young man. As we all would. Then gradually I started developing a crush on him. I met a friend, Zena, through my love for Roxy. She's a big fan too. And since then we've tried to see them all we could and made lots of presents for them. Oh, it's so sweet. I'm sure none of them took any notice of them. Very sweet nonetheless. Uh, we're on to super guys. This is just Sally who picks out men that she fancies. <laughs> She's picked out a very odd one today. <laughs> oh, Sally. <laughs> this, is called, <laughs> this is called Making Up to Sal. Have you seen the sensational Alex Harvey band? I've always been fascinated by Sal, the guy who wears all that makeup. There's a picture of him. <laughs> it's quite distressing. <laughs> He's kind of dressed up a bit like a clown, a bit like a Piero clown. I don't know why. Perhaps Sally will tell us. I've got to, I've got to say I find it a bit odd that Sally is so attracted to him. <laughs> I think Sally may have slightly odd taste. Anyway, come on, Sally. I've always been fascinated by Sal, the guy who wears all the makeup. I always think it must take him ages. But as Zal told me, there's a good reason why he wears it. Oh, good. We'll find out. When we're on stage, we all make, lo we all make lots of faces and pull weird expressions. But the people at the back can't always see what we're doing. He began. Do they need to see him pull weird expressions? I don't know. That's when I thought it would be. <laughs> That's when I thought that if I wore makeup, it would emphasize this. People have said <laughs> that I change once I've got my face on. I suppose it's like living through a mask. The thing is, though, I'd, lo <laughs> I'd love to do one concert without makeup. Alex Harvey and co. also have got a reputation for being an aggressive band. <laughs> Making out there are a bunch of rowdies, but Zal isn't like that at all in real life. I guess fans expect us to be hoodlums. <laughs> oh God, I haven't heard the word hoodlum. I don't think since the 70s. I expect fans expect us to be hoodlums <gasps> because we all come from Glasgow. <laughs> but that's not true of any of us. Anything for a peaceful life. When Sal's not slapping paint on his face, he enjoys spending his home time spending his time home decorating. 
I don't think he does. I'm converting my own house in East Finchley. <laughs> Sal confessed. Why would you confess to that? Uh, I've been living there for two years and I've really enjoyed doing the place up. Can I come and help? Asked Sally. Oh, Sally's right in there, isn't she? <laughs> um, I've also picked out this one that Sally's written, which is called Kim's at the Crossroads. I've chosen this purely because I just about remember Crossroads. <laughs> Oh dear. When I get home from work, there's one thing I love doing, and that's flopping down in the nearest chair with a cuppa at my side to watch Crossroads. Yes, honestly, I've become a real addict. And one of the reasons has to be because there's a lovely male in it. <laughs> Not a man, a lovely male. A male what? He plays the part of Rex Oliver, the womanising hairdresser. Thankfully, though, he's not like that in real life. Otherwise, I wouldn't have chosen him. All right, Sally. He is very handsome, by the way. A picture of him here. Oh, there he is. Very handsome. Um, <laughs> his name's Kim Fortune and he's 23. I wondered if that was his real name or not, because it sounds too good and like something for an actor. That's my real name, he smiled. People always think I'm kidding them because it sounds too stagey. My dad was an actor and my mum was a dancer, you see, and I think they gave me a name like this, hoping I'd follow in their footsteps. It paid off, too. By the time Kim was ten, he was already in the theatre, and since those days he's acted as the lead in Hair. And now he's appearing on TV. But as Kim says... I'm not a run-around trendy in real life. What on earth's a run-around trendy? I prefer going out with a steady girlfriend instead of playing the field. We're very glad to hear that, Kim, said Sally. <laughs> um, I've picked out a fashion page um, because, oh, they took me back. They're um, a selection of different socks, that <laughs> knee-high socks that you can buy. Um, and a lot of rainbow striping, uh, which I remember fondly. But also what I remember the most is the toe socks, <laughs> where each individual toe was a different colour of the rainbow. Oh, what happy days they were having socks with individual rainbow toes. I really want a pair now. You could get them for, I'm just going to see how much they are. Oh, they're not about 99p. Although this pack, this, um, uh, hot socks, bright diamond pat pattern socks in red, green, yellow, white, and blue. Two ninety nine. That's really quite expensive, isn't it? And there's another pair as well for two ninety nine. Uh, anyway, they're all by. They all seem to be by Hot Socks. Socks spelt H O X. Particularly enjoyed that. Um, also, this really made me laugh because the way it's written is if as if no one lives in the countryside. <laughs> You'll see what I mean when we get into it. It's an article. It's called OK, Act Natural. What are you going to do this weekend? Why not go out <laughs> into the countryside and get fresh at the weekend? Right. Number, <laughs> number two says... No blusher is needed to put extra colour into your cheeks. The outdoor life is all the colour they need. <laughs> Number three, avoid harsh lines around the eyes. They're not very feminine and only make you look hard. 
I don't know why you need specific makeup to go to the countryside, but you do. Um, choose gentle shades of browns and creams and blend them in for a country look. <laughs> Number four, let your hair fall naturally. <laughs> Brush it gently and feel it flowing in the wind. <laughs> I don't know how else you're supposed to. I don't know. Why should you do that if you're in the countryside? <laughs> Number six, <laughs> try running or exercising <laughs> and really feel the fresh air flowing around your body. Get the blood pumping around your arms and legs. It will give you a lovely, warm, tingling feeling all over. And just think how many extra calories you're burning up every minute and every second. <laughs> Oh dear. Number seven, pack up a picnic, but make sure it consists of fresh fruit, cheese and fruit juice, celery and carrots. It's very specific. Avoid anything that's fatty or greasy because <laughs> it's not good for your figure or your complexion <laughs> and it leaves your hair in bad condition. God, that was a right telling off, wasn't it? Only take that celery and carrots with you on a picnic. Um, number eight, take along your favourite perfume and add to the already sweet-smelling countryside. Number nine, try some handstands or leapfrogging with a friend. It's bound to get your muscles going. <laughs> this is really, really getting strange. Number ten, keep smiling and think how lucky you are to be out and about in the open countryside away from all that foul pollution and smoke in the cities and towns. This is so confusing. Do they assume no one has ever, ever left a town or a city in their life? Perhaps we didn't in the 70s. I'm not sure. This one, as, as we've just been talking about in the last, really obsessed with losing weight, really obsessed in the 70s of losing weight. But it was all very, very much diet related. Certainly not doing any exercise. It's clearly leapfrogging was the closest we were going to get to exercising in the 70s. Anyway, this one um really drew me in, which is 10 silly ways to lose weight. <laughs> oh, be prepared. So, 10 silly ways to lose weight other than starving yourself, that is. Number one, <laughs> these get increasingly weird, just warning you. Number one, put horrible sorted fish in every single bit of food you cook, even luscious things like apple crumble, lemon meringue pie and chocolate cake. Yuck, that should put you off. <laughs> This one is a classic. Number two, make friends with a very slim, pretty girl and go with her everywhere. <laughs> Watching the boys flock all around her should get you shedding the pounds pretty quickly. Believe me. Could that be any more offensive? <laughs> Number three, get really involved with a dishy fella who lives miles away. That way you'll always miss the last bus home and you'll end up having to walk the whole way every night. 
don't think that's very good advice. <laughs> number four. Number four. Work in a really sleazy all-night restaurant. After you see what they get up to in the kitchen, you'll never want to eat there or in any restaurant ever again. <laughs> oh, a sleazy restaurant. What goes on in a sleazy restaurant? Number five, go to a packed to David Bowie, 10cc or Rolling Stones concert. You should lose it all in the heat. <laughs> Number six, get stuck in revolving doors. Better make sure it's not in the rush hour. Ouch. I'm not really quite sure I understand that one. But anyway. Number seven, suffocate your boyfriend each time you kiss him passionately goodnight. How does that help? <laughs> Number eight, fall in love with a fella. <laughs> Fall in love with a fella who's too poor to ever take you out for a meal. That's sure to be the best diet ever. <laughs> I don't recommend that one. Number nine, buy all kinds of expensive trendy clothes that are two sizes too small. That should encourage you. <laughs> this last one. <laughs> Oh, God. Number 10. <laughs> Get to be kissed and cuddled by a fatty. <laughs> oh, God. Get to be kissed and cuddled by a fatty. That way, you'll know what it's like to be on the receiving end of it all. <laughs> oh, that you've been dishing out. And that's sure <laughs> to make you want to slim. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe that one. That way you'll know what it's like to be on the receiving end of it that you've been dishing out. <gasps> this was written by Chris Cadbury, by the way. Chris, I think you've got a lot to answer for. But we're on to Rick Rules, okay. This is um <laughs> <laughs> this is about singers generally. It's about kind of uh, singers, rock stars, that kind of thing, gossip about them. Um, this is about Elton John. It's a lot about Elton John. Um, Elton's other half. We may be best buddies when it comes to songwriting, Bernie Taupin said, but when it comes to our social life, Elton and I don't see each other very much. And that's not surprising because by all accounts, they're worlds are, they are worlds apart. Take our parties, for example, Bernie said. Elton's are very elegant and rather posh with champagne all round, while my, mine are much more rowdy. People turn up on horseback dressed like cowboys and it's beer all round. What an interesting party if everyone turns up on horseback. What I'd like to, <laughs> what I'd like to know is, what's he doing <laughs> with all his lovely lolly if he's not spending it like Elton? That's, well, I think he's still spending it. It's just people turn up on horseback. <laughs> that was a very confusing article. Uh, this one is about Rod Stewart, the day Rod hid. <laughs> 
If you think that pop stars aren't ever scared of facing large audiences at concerts, then believe me, you're very wrong. Even the most confident of superstars, Rod Stewart, has been scared stiff, he admitted. I remember one concert, Rod told me, when I used to sing with the Jeff Beck band. This was in his early days, before the faces even. I was so nervous that I sang the whole of the first song hidden behind an amplifier. <laughs> Can't see Rod doing that these days, though, can you? Not with a number one fan like Brit, that's Brit Eklund, by the way, sitting out front. And anyway, I bet he'd want to see... <laughs> anyway, I bet he'd want the fans to see his sleazy clothes. <laughs> I don't think that's very nice of Rick to say that what Rod wears is sleazy. I think perhaps sleazy had a much different um, usage in the 70s because I'm getting all kinds of thoughts in my head about Rod. Anyway, we're on to the problem page. Hurrah! We're here to help. We've got Helen and Pat <laughs> helping us with the problem page. Can't wait. I get stuck straight in. Right. <laughs> Dear Helen, recently I spent a few days with my aunt and I've met a boy who I've fallen in love with. He's Greek and we both want to go on holiday together next year. He's writing to me and sending me his photo and vice versa and he might come and stay with me. There's just one horrible problem and that's the fact he lives in Birmingham. <laughs> That is indeed a horrible problem. Um, she goes on to say, and I live in Surrey. Please tell me what to do. I'm getting desperate. I keep thinking of our last meeting, our last words and our last painful goodbye. <laughs> right. What does Helen say? It is heartbreaking, I know, when you meet someone who you think so much of and yet who lives so far away. But romances and relationships have survived over further distances than that between you and your fella, especially if the couple feel deeply enough about one another. It's only sorry to Birmingham! <laughs> After a while, you manage to get used to the idea of leading a normal life without him, just with his letters and photos to keep you in touch. It's always harder at first, as you found, but people are very adaptable and even married couples manage to find their marriages survive quite long partings. I hope you manage to get together once in a while. After all, you've hardly had a chance to get to know one another yet, get to know one another yet have you? And really... Birmingham isn't exactly the end of the earth, is it? Well, no. Thanks for pointing that out, Helen, at the very end. <laughs> oh, dear. Just the horrible, horrible problem of living in Birmingham. All right, next one. Dear Helen, I'm 17 and in love with my best friend's boyfriend. Oh, dear. This isn't going to go well, is it? As soon as my friend went away, Jim started to suggest I go up to his house. So I did. <laughs> and now we get on very well. Now I can't stop thinking about him. And he has suggested that we go out together. But he also says that he still likes my friend a lot. I'm worried sick in case my friend finds out because I don't want to lose her friendship. Oh, dear, that's not going to end well. 
Helen says this is dangerous territory, finding yourself involved with your friend's boyfriend, because so often it leads to losing a friend who you feel a lot for. And quite frequently, I found relationships with a mate's boy don't last any longer than any other sort of relationship with a boy. Unless you are absolutely and totally sure of your feelings for Jim and his for you, which from your letter, I don't think they are. <laughs> I honestly think the wisest thing to do is to forget about carrying this relationship any further. Think how upset your friend would be for a start. Sharing a boy rarely works. To be honest, I think Jim would like the best of both worlds. I think we all do. His girlfriend and you. And that's hardly fair on either you or your friend, is it? So please consider it carefully before making any decision. Sensible advice there from Helen. Uh, this one is, my brother-in-law fancies me. <laughs> oh dear, already getting creepy vibes. My problem is my brother-in-law. He's in his 40s. And for three years now, he has been chasing after me to have an affair with him. At first, I didn't worry because I thought he would give up. But now it's got worse. His wife, my sister, has a child and she asked me to babysit. At first, I didn't mind. But as soon as she goes out, he makes advances. Oh, God. I try not to go around there, but my family, not knowing anything about this, want me to babysit. Oh, dear. This is, yeah creepy. Uh, Helen says, when this sort of thing happens, especially in families, it can cause the most awful complications, as you're obviously found out. The first and most important thing about your brother-in-law, I honestly think, is not to give in to him, however tempting. I don't think she said she was tempted, did she? Uh, however attractive and however easy it may seem, because obviously if your sister found out, she would be very distressed and upset and would find the other woman even harder to forgive if she were her own sister. But how to tactfully keep away from someone who is, after all, a member of your family? Well, I think the best plan would be to avoid babysitting, if you can. After all, you are 17 now and have a social life of your own to lead. But if you can't wriggle out of it, why not take a girlfriend with you? What, so she can get molested as well? Um, if, however, you can't find any way out of your problem, then my advice would be to have a word with your mum. She, too, will want to avoid hurting your sister, and together I'm sure you'll be able to work out a system or a plan so that you aren't left alone with your brother-in-law. Let's tell your brother-in-law to stop being a creep. Now we're on to letters to Pat. <laughs> um, this is uh, really going to show how little education of a intimate nature we had in the 70s. This letter. Dear Pat, my friend and I were wondering how many openings we have in our genital area. As people have told us, there are three openings, but we think we only have two. <laughs> Can you help us? <laughs> it's so sweet. Um, Pat says, girls and women have three openings between their legs. Should be specific. Unlike men and boys who only have two. <laughs> Don't know why that's made me laugh. These, <laughs> these, these openings are located in a row in an area called the pelvic floor. The first one nearest the front is a small opening called the urethra, <laughs> through which you pass water. The second is the vagina and is quite a lot larger than, you, than the urethra. Gosh, she's being very specific. 
The vagina is the passage which enables a woman to have sexual intercourse, and if she becomes pregnant, her baby is born through this opening. Finally, at the back is the anus, through which you pass solid waste products. <laughs> I hope this is of some help to you. <laughs> Just some help. Thanks, Pat. I think that explained. I think we're all a little more knowledgeable now. Good. Uh, the last <laughs> letter that I've chosen is, Dear Pat, I'm 17 and I have never, ever seen a boy's penis. <laughs> this may sound strange, but it's really worrying me. <laughs> I went out with my first boyfriend last year and he touched my body. But the thought of my seeing his body filled me with disgust. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'll never be able to make love to anyone. Oh, because I'm sure that I'd be far too scared of what I might have to see. <laughs> Please help me find a way to get over this. Oh, bless her. The uh, Pat's answer is... Your problem is shared by many girls. The fear of seeing a boy's body comes from a mixture of embarrassment, nervousness, shyness, and the fact that it will be strange to see a boy with nothing on. <laughs> it's not something that you see every day after all. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> seeing a boy undressed isn't something that happens suddenly out of the blue either. It tends to happen after a gradual build-up of a relationship, at the very least, and so you have time to get used to the thought. <laughs> Lots of women who have been married for some time haven't seen a man with nothing on. Really? <laughs> Pat, this is news to me. <laughs> you know the old music hall joke about couples who undress in the dark? <laughs> no, I didn't know that, and it doesn't sound like much of a joke, to be honest. It has a basis of truth in many cases. So don't worry, because that way you'll just build up a fear for yourself. On the other hand, don't let anyone push you into a relationship that you aren't ready for, and I'm sure you'll eventually be as happy and content with your fella as any other girl. <laughs> oh, here um just i just just some uh, what's coming up next week um in the next magazine which i don't have by the way but it's good to know what we would have what we would have found out uh coming up next week would have been why fellas are scared of the bionic woman <laughs> and also should i sleep with him we've got some answers <laughs> Which is lovely. And then finally, on our back cover, we've got the Lady Godiva ad once more. Where we've got Lady Godiva on a horse with no clothes on, advertising hairspray and shampoo <laughs> and cream rinse. Particularly enjoyed that. Good. Well, that was it for um, OK and High magazine, October the 23rd, 1976. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye.